0: Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet.
1: So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one.
0: Hi everyone, it's us again, it's Barb and Shay. So happy to be here with you guys. Sharing another case on another day during another week. How's it going, Shay?
1: It's going good. I'm excited for this
0: weekend. How about you? Uh, Me too. don't have much too much going on. Just hanging out and doing some errands here and there. But super excited. And I want to remind you guys that there is merchandise for sale. And we should be coming out with t-shirts here in a few weeks. So be looking out for that on our social media platforms. And please don't forget to vote, for which case you'd like us to cover by the end of the month. Um, I'm super excited to do that. And if you guys have voted already, thank you, thank you, thank you. And hopefully yours wins. The voting link is on our Facebook page, so hop on that.
1: Yes, go vote, go vote, go vote. We want (laughs) to know who you want to hear about.
0: Yes, and we also, every time we do this, guys, we really have someone we want to share with you and it's just really funny to see who does and who doesn't agree with when you want to talk about or hear about I guess. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and dive in today's case. I got most of my information well pretty much all of my information from murderpedia.org and we're going to be talking about a serial killer who prowled Texas streets in the 1990s this prolific killer is named kenneth mcduff you may have also heard of him by the name of the broomstick killer and he really claimed this name um when he started a series of murders back in the 1900s i'd like to mention that the texas court system did a very bad poor horrible job at getting justice for the victims families and They really didn't kind of make up for that until several years later, but they even failed in keeping him out of reach and locked away, and you guys will see why I say that here in a few. Kenneth McDuff was a white serial killer. He was born in Texas with three siblings. He lived with his mom, and his mother's name was Addie McDuff, but many people called her in their little town that they lived in by, quote, the pistol packing mama, unquote, because she was always carrying a ready to go pistol and she had a fiery, violent side to her. Kenneth had a really difficult time in school. He got into fights a lot. So when I say a lot, pretty much every principal in every school he went to all the teachers they knew exactly who he was and whenever he did get into fights with these guys they were always much older than him he has even been seen shooting at live animals with his .22 pistol around home the law enforcement had an eye on him and he was really known around that town and i think like that should be a fair sign that something is going on mentally when your child is shooting at, like, live animals like nobody's business,
1: like that. Yeah, I mean, not just live animals, but showing a violent side by always being in fights and always causing trouble. Clearly, there's something going on, so it needs to be paid attention to.
0: Yes, yeah, like, that's signs of a potential serial killer, like, 101. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until he was forty-six years old whenever he was initially like arrested. He had brown hair and was six foot three. He had his GED and was currently working as a machine operator. He had even previously been on death row between the years nineteen sixty eight and nineteen seventy two. But why do you ask that well it all started with him being convicted of burglary and raping and murdering three young teenagers in august of 1966 this was just inside fort worth texas if you're not familiar with that it's pretty like pretty much right there with dallas the victims were robert brand mark dunman and edna sullivan He robbed them and stuffed them into his truck, or not truck, sorry, trunk. He then later shoot the men, which were Robert and Mark, and he shot them in the head, and then he choked Edna to death with a broomstick after he and his friend, who was there helping him, repeatedly raped her. He had a partner who helped him with the murders at the time, and... He was only 17 years old, and his, na- his name was Dale Green. And he was sentenced to four months of house arrest and five years of probation. He was able to get off of death row, which I'm talking about the serial killer here, and was in turn released from the prison due to overpopulation in the year of
1: 1989. Okay. No. Like, I... who, think- who says... Let's release a, someone who killed three people and raped them and robbed them over a petty crime, like someone who you know was caught with drugs on the, or weed on them, or someone. It's like what? What yes. was the thought process?
0: Yes, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but this also happened with another serial killer. We talked. We talked about I think like in February, mm-hmm. but it's really crazy to me that when they release. Due to overpopulation, I mean, they released, like, it wasn't just a hundred people. We're talking several hundred people that they just let go. And we're like, okay, well, sorry, we got more prisoners coming in. We need to make more beds. So you guys go ahead and go. You've served some time, I guess. And that's really like the thought process. And that's why I'm saying, like, they failed not only those three victims, but the victims that are going to be coming up after him being released.
1: I'm going to need them to think of a new process because that's not going to work.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, they actually do. I will cover that here in a few minutes for you guys. Um, so they try to make it up, but, I mean, the damage is already done. So after being released, he was arrested only for after a very short time after violating his parole. However, in the year of 1992, so just three years later, he was arrested again in the gruesome murder of 22-year-old Melissa Northrup. She was pregnant at the time, and she was actually already a mother of two children. She was abducted from a gas station where she worked and was raped and murdered, and her body was found in the bottom of a gravel pit. Her hands were tied behind her back, and she had been strangled to death with a rope. At this time, he had been implemented in at least a total of three murders. But get this, he was released again and then began working a job at a local gas station making $4 an hour. He began taking a class at Texas State Technical College, but that didn't last too long. And he ended up dropping out of his classes and began doing what a killer does and began committing more hideous crimes. And at this point, he is now suspected of at least fourteen murders. The local, oh, go ahead. Like,
1: I don't understand how he was released once again. It's that's on- two times released, and he was able to get a job and go to school. Yeah, he had already murdered at least. You said there was three at first, and then a mother, and she was pregnant, so that's five, and then three more murders. That's eight murders.
0: Yes, it's literally crazy. And the police don't, they didn't realize how many people he had murdered until he finally was sentenced
1: again. One is enough, right? Don't you think? (laughs) Yes.
0: I, oh, 100%, I think so. This is a pure case of, like, how the justice system literally failed. Also, can you imagine making $4 an hour? No, I might (laughs) not even work at that point. (laughs) But... Um, So, at this point, the local law enforcement started to really pick up on his killings again, I believe. So, this is when he was like, oh, no. So, let me pack my things. And he literally flew off to Kansas City in order to try and hide and invade the police from arresting him. However, he was quickly picked out by being on high alert from the news on like the television stations and probably in the newspaper too and a tip was made to the kansas city state police when somebody saw him and called him in and this actually led to him getting another arrest i would like to mention that after kenneth's second arrest in 1992 the Texas or Texas has a state launch a huge statewide prevention plan in order to never release violent criminals early re- or grant them early release or parole. And this is like what we were kind of talking about earlier about, okay, what is Texas going to do? Because this is like, hello, ding, ding, ding. Like, what are you doing with y'all? Like, what are y'all doing? For real. And... This new law in place is actually now called the McDuff laws. So after Kenneth McDuff. Okay, but like they shouldn't be naming stuff after him. He's not worth it. I know they should have just, but honestly, he could be forgot
1: forever. I don't even know why. Honestly, he, he can be buried 12 feet in the ground yes, and well, nobody say, should God, care about him.
0: I know. And we say forgot about forever, but here I am covering his case. But I wanted to cover this case because this really is what implemented change for texas as a state so this program revamp actually cost texas about two billion dollars kenneth at the time was the only person to ever escape death roll and then return to it by another murder conviction so Even though the justice system really did many, many families poorly, I'm thankful that the state realized this as a whole and really tried to change the system in the best way they knew how to at that time. The revamp consisted as such. 38,000 inmate beds were increased to 140,000 beds. So this is not only just double, but you're talking about like triple Mm -hmm. them beds. Also, what we believe to be, quote, good time, unquote, was significantly different back then, and the state would end up changing the meaning behind it and who actually would qualify for good time. The minimum sentence for parole would double for violent crime offenders, and they went through, like, with way more executions than usual. So when I say that, I mean, like, Texas became the number one state in the United States, leading lethal injections.
1: Yeah, but then they would find out that was gonna backfire. And how come you say that? Well, because a lot of people that were killed on, or there's a lot of people who are killed on death row who were not guilty. Yeah, like a lot of people. So who... it's like it's like kind of like a backfire kind of thing, and that's why they they changed laws on that as well. Now, that's why yeah. a lot of places don't don't let death row happen because of that.
0: Yes, and I agree. And I think like you, even the states that do, you really have to qualify for lethal injection. Like Mm -hmm. now they're trying to take away that and just do life in prison instead of lethal injection. But I mean, honestly, I don't know which one's worse because would you really want to live the rest of your life in prison? I mean, even if you went to jail, like at 20 years old, 25 years old,
1: Yep, they can rot in there for all I care. (laughs) They can get beat up every day, you know. Well, yes, I mean taken to the shower every day, you know (laughs) what I'm trying to say.
0: Yes, but I mean, some people who have life, I feel like shouldn't have life. And then there's some people who don't even have life in prison. That I'm like, why did you not give that to them? It's so crazy how the court system works. But. But with that being said, a mistake was acknowledged and change was the result. And now it is to be believed that Kenneth is what we would call or the law enforcement would call the poster child for the state of Texas judicial system for that particular spectrum, I guess, if you will. He went to court in New Orleans initially, but... He was actually sent to the Supreme Court for his final trial, and I mean, if you're going to Supreme Court, you—that's—that's that's like the farthest you can go. So mm-hmm. something really bad. And before being convicted, he tried to represent himself in court.
1: All right, Ted Bundy.
0: I know. <laughs> and I'm like, do you really think you're gonna outsmart lawyers who would represent you? But whatever, I guess. Um, but this wasn't actually doing, he wasn't doing a good job because he could never prove or give his whereabouts on the night Melissa went missing and ended up being murdered. So basically it just fell through. He was trialed and convicted of the death penalty for the murder of Melissa Northrup. So this was his like second killing spree thing, I guess if you will, after being released and, then received a second death sentence for the conviction of another victim named Colleen Reed. And this is another girl that I believe he murdered after Melissa, but I'm not 100% true or sure on that. And she, he actually abducted and murdered her, okay, there you go, in the year of 1991. So colleen reed was about 28 years old at the time and she was working as an accountant in austin texas her skeletons were discovered in waco texas buried near the brazos river Mm -hmm. and she was actually buried close by two other females that remained there and it's not hundred percent true if he did kill the two other victims that were found near her body but people believe that those are his victims as well it's just not proven yet they were you know they think that they were killed by the hands of the broomstick killer many authorities believe he could have murdered dozens of people anywhere between austin and waco texas kenneth selected and this is like at the time of him about to get the lethal injection. He was allowed to select a certain amount of people and like who he would wish to be there um, Whenever he would die and he selected two nieces and two nephews Along with his spiritual spiritual advisor to come watch him die 52 year old kenneth mcduff's final words before being executed in huntsville texas by lethal injection on november 17th, 1998 so with that being said, he was only in prison for like not even 10 years before basically having to die. And his last words were, quote, I'm ready to be, to be released, release me, unquote. And I think that's like a, a weird thing to say when you're about to get the lethal injection. I don't know why he said that. That was literally the last only thing he really said.
1: Release him from
0: prison, I guess. I guess so. Like I guess, yeah. Spiritually <laughs> being released from prison. And after he was pronounced dead by the Texas State Penitentiary, no one came to claim his body, not even Good. his or nephews. So they ended up actually burying him in the prison cemetery and his grave is marked by his prison number. Which is X nine 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 oh
1: five five. Do you think that they let people go into the prison cemetery?
0: I don't know. I didn't even know they had a cemetery until researching this case. I didn't either, and
1: that's super weird. That'd be wouldn't that be crazy to be able to go and do like a ghost tour at night at a prison cemetery?
0: Yes, yes, and that. With that being said, you know that prison is haunted. Mhm. And you know it's really like bizarre to me that they would have that but you know it's sad to say and but maybe if the state would have like acted faster with the revision of parole and release the victims that he killed you know after being released from being in prison the first time could still be alive today so my heart really does go out to them and to their families but I know that their deaths are not in vain, and they help pave the way for a new, better system, and their names will be told forever. I hope you guys did enjoy today's episode. It was crazy and a lot of information packed into one episode. I obviously didn't get to cover every single detail and every single thing that he did, but I try to just pack it in there for you guys. With that
1: being said, what did you think, Shay? So, the... This was a a very, very interesting, and it also is, like, a very different episode than what we usually cover. Um, To me, the justice system for sure failed, um, which is not the only case that this has happened in. And, like, there's so many things that I wish could have happened before, but, you know, it's in the past and we've learned from it. So hopefully it will get better. It's still not good, but hopefully it'll get better and changes will continue to be made. But, like, future reference, don't name something after a serial killer that's supposed to be helping the justice system, because they shouldn't get that type of title, in my opinion. But, yeah, Yeah. it was a really good episode. I enjoyed it.
0: I just think, like, my opinion on the gentleman who helped rob those three people, and then kill him or kill them and then he also raped the raped Edna before um, Kenneth went with them with murdering her and he did not receive anything it was basically a slap on the wrist like don't do it again and so even with even with him the Texas state
1: failed even with him yeah it doesn't make any sense why he would even like just the same as Kenneth why would he even be out
0: yes all he he didn't even get arrested he was just on four months of house arrest and then five years of probation
1: i think though is because he was 17 and back whenever that happened they didn't necessarily treat treat 17 year olds as adults like they would now like some 14 year olds would be tried as an adult but maybe they figure that he was under some kind of something with him but i don't really know like a whole backstory but Maybe that's why, but still, that's still not enough time. He's 17 years old. He knows what he did. Exactly. So, he knows it was wrong. And he should have been treated. Accordingly. Like, yes. <laughs> because <But, laughs> yeah, I almost it's... said, like, Kenneth, but, like, not like Kenneth. Because, clearly, they didn't do anything about him either, so.
0: Yes. I mean, he he was in prison and then let off. And then went and continued to murder murder several other people. And it's like... What, what are y'all even doing? I don't know. But that this whole case was crazy. And feel free, guys. There is documentaries on this, like on YouTube and, and stuff like that, where you can actually go watch about Kenneth McDuff and learn about him. So feel free to go search that up. It was really interesting. But... Before we
1: finish, though, I have a question. Did they um, charge him? Because I know he killed a pregnant lady. Did they charge him for her murder and the child's murder? no it was just for from what i could understand it was just for melissa only
0: okay that's I don't, another okay. fail yes and i don't even know how how many months she was pregnant at the time maybe she was like a month a couple of weeks and or maybe she was longer than that but a lot still, of times, they,
1: he still killed it yes
0: <laughs> but a lot of times the state won't even Depending on where you are, like, you wouldn't justify that that's, like, a full-term baby or a child or something like that, depending on how old the fetus is, if that makes sense. But I don't know too much about that law. Um, I do think this case was really crazy, and thanks, guys, for listening in. And please feel free to share your thoughts on today's episode. We love you guys, and don't forget to follow us on social media accounts, and go vote! Yes. (laughs) Until next time. And always remember to stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.